Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a Pancreas Pal to turn to. Welcome to Pancreas Pals. It's Emily here. And this week we're doing things a little bit differently. I had the incredible opportunity to interview Nick Jonas for my day job at Prevention Magazine, where I'm the deputy editor. I got to speak with him thanks to Dexcom's PR people. They reached out and I'm doing a story on him for World Diabetes Day and for National Diabetes Awareness Month. And my incredible bosses let me repurpose that interview for Pancreas Pals. So shout out to them. Shout out to the incredible team at Dexcom and to Nick Jonas and his incredible team. So buckle up. Here is a brief, but honestly, I peaked most exciting interview I've ever done probably in my life, but also for Pancreas Pals. And I really hope you guys enjoy the episode. Thanks. Hello, thank you all for taking the time. I'm super excited because I'm a fellow type 1 diabetic. Um, so I have, you know, been following Nick's journey. So Nick, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, when were you diagnosed, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I have a whole podcast on it, so don't mind at all. But I was diagnosed actually when I was 20. So I'm coming up on 10 years. Got it, got it. Yeah, it was a nice um, 20 well, years with I'm, the pancreas. I'm sorry to, <laughs> to hear that, but, you know, welcome to the club. Thanks, yeah, there's definitely some cool people in the club, that's for sure. Um, yeah. But I would love to kick this off with hearing a little bit about your diagnosis story, if that's okay. Yeah, happy to. Um, I'm coming up on my 18-year uh, diversary, as they call it, I guess. Um, <laughs> I was on tour with my brothers at the time. It was kind of early days of our career, and um, we were doing a a school tour, an anti-drug school tour. So basically, we would pull into you know school auditoriums in the Northeast, and um, we would play a you know a set a fifteen to twenty minute set um, in their auditorium with our very loud punk pop music, and um, I started experiencing you know, all the symptoms, frequent urination, um, you know, loss of appetite and, and uh, losing weight unexpectedly, all, all the things and knew that something was wrong, but really at that time didn't know much about diabetes at all. Um, and there there certainly wasn't a, a person living in a kind of public life that was uh, advocating for it. And so I um, didn't really know what was going on and, and finally, you know, went to saw the doctor and obviously my glucose was through the roof. Um, went to the hospital for a few days and learned about my new life um, and came out and played a show the day after I got out, um, <laughs> which I think was more me telling myself that I wouldn't let this slow me down than, um, you know, needing to keep that show on. Um, but that was sort of my attitude about the whole thing. And yeah, it's been a, a crazy 18 year journey of, of advocacy and, and also um, learning a lot about uh, the ever changing landscape of uh, living with this disease and, technology and medicine and, and all the rest, but I'm, I'm thrilled to be speaking to you and, and you know, that's my story. <laughs> it's uh, relatable up until the, the show part, but um, how was the, I guess, so when I was first diagnosed, I was 
I literally was misdiagnosed for almost two years with a type two, even though I had like literally no family history and I tested positive for the markers of type one. So don't go to the doctor in Florida is my takeaway from that. But um, I, yeah, it's a whole spiel that I, we do not have enough time for. So I want to thank you so much though. Um, so I am always curious because two days after I was diagnosed, I kind of did a similar thing, even though I didn't play a show. I just went to New York um, for an internship at Marie Claire back in the day. And I remember giving myself injections in the fashion closet and being like, you know what, I just got to do it. I'm running all over town. And it was so hard. This is before my Dexcom days. And for, you know, the, the people that maybe didn't have access to Dexcom or still don't, it's so, it's so vital in my management with type one. But I'm sure back when you were initially diagnosed, I mean, 18 years ago, Dexcom wasn't really a thing, and it's definitely not the thing that it is today. Can you tell me a little bit about how managing your your blood sugars has changed over the years? I, yeah, so simple answer for me is that I, I totally relate to your sentiment. You know, it's it's been insane to see how far the techs come and, uh, you know, how improved my, um, my A1Cs have been because of that. Um, and I think the awareness piece of the, the puzzle is really important uh, and has you know helped amplify messaging around the disease that I, I as I mentioned, I didn't know much about at all um, and happy to be a part of that, but it's such a bigger and more robust community than, than you know just me and, and what I've spoken about. And I think those stories are so important um, and really help frame, you know, uh, an ongoing and important conversation around not just tech and and medicines, but access and affordability to these things as well, which, um, you know, the work I've done with Beyond Type 1 has been, uh, you know, an exciting start to that and, and partnering with a bunch of different organizations that are, are doing, you know, all, all the, the right stuff. And that's from a, a policy perspective, but also from messaging and and everything else. And, and, you know, partnering with Dexcom has been rewarding in that sense that they're really putting their money where their mouth is and, and uh, you know, the million dollar commitment they made uh, alongside Beyond, Beyond Type 1 um, to serve under serve communities and, and get this access conversation going has been, has been great. That's awesome. And um, I know we're like running out of time. So do you mind if I just hit you with some rapid fire, like yes, fun questions? Please. Okay, so what is your favorite low snack? Favorite low snack, uh, I've got two. So I, I do a, a Dole pineapple juice, gets the job done pretty quickly. And then, you know, when I'm on stage or doing something active, um, uh, you know, the, the classic fruit snacks, uh, Welch's fruit snacks are, are the go-to. You can't go wrong with those. Um, and do you have like, I, what are your, are you still low aware? I know obviously Dexcom helps so much, but for me, I'm, I'll be like 50 one minute and I'm like, oh my God, if Dexcom didn't alert me, it would take me like another 20 minutes to figure it out. But is that something that like um, with 18 years you've, you've got down? Yeah, I, I can feel it pretty much right away. Um, I, you know, it's so interesting. I was talking to somebody, another diabetic about this the other day, they asked me, you know, when, when I got diagnosed and kind of what it feels like. And, and I was saying, you know, I remember jumping on the trampoline as a kid, pre-diagnosis and feeling what it feels like to be low, um, you know, then and now relating it to, oh, that's what that was. Um, And so, yeah, I I feel it pretty much the minute I hit like 71 or 72, I'm like, okay, it's happening. (laughs) That's so specific, but fair. (laughs) Um, 
And how do you handle lows during concerts? Is that where the pineapple juice really kind of comes in? Yeah, so everybody on the, our touring team um, is obviously aware of the fact that I'm living with diabetes, but also aware of what to do in those situations. So I've got a little section on stage complete with my juice and my fruit snacks. There's a uh, setup under the stage with everything that I, I need. And then, God forbid, you know, it ever get really bad, my head of security has a, a glucagon on him at all times, um, just in case. Gotcha. I'm like, do Nick and Joe know how to how to spot your lows now at this point? Uh, Kevin and Joe can. Oh, can you're kind Nick. Of tell. <laughs> Sorry, I just like yeah. panicked. <laughs> um, Kevin and Joe can kind of tell. They can tell when my blood, my glucose is high because I'm obviously a little bit more irritable. But now I just tell them. Yeah. Like, hey, don't bother me right now. My glucose is high. I'll be fine in ten minutes, and then it's all good. Do you have them on your Dexcom share? Because I'm a twin and I have her on my Dexcom share and she doesn't have diabetes, we're fraternal, so she got the lucky end of the stick. But um, she's been a save, like such an MVP when it comes to my share. Um, I share with my wife, um, obviously. And <laughs> uh, when we go on, on trips and things like that, like when I'm away from my family, uh, meaning my, my wife, uh, then I'll share with one of the brothers just in case. You never know, right? Yeah. It's just better to be safe. Yeah, for sure. I I think that was like the biggest test for my boyfriend when we first started dating. And when I was comfortable sharing my Dexcom with him, I was like, okay, this is legit. <laughs> it's yeah. so intimate. That's a big step. Yeah, right? Um, it's like, it's like um, going Instagram official, but even more. It's more. It's going know. blood sugar official. I mean, you can't hide from that. Yeah. Uh, but... Exactly. Yeah, so that actually, you bring up your wife. I would love to know how, you know, congratulations on your daughter, first of all, but what's something that you want her to know about, you know, living life with type one? Well, I think it was important early in our relationship to set the stage for kind of, um, you know, what it feels like. And it's, it's to a person that's not living with the disease, it's hard to explain what it feels like. and. Uh, from a physical perspective, but also an emotional perspective. And that's where, when I mentioned before, the uh, alerting my brothers when my glucose is high, I do the same with her. Because um, it, it just it helps avoid any unnecessary speed bumps. And um, she's been an absolutely incredible partner, um, not just, you know, with the management of the disease, but she's, you know, fully educated on what to do in any scenario. But also, um, you know, as, as a parent now, um, I think... Uh, your your focus and kind of uh, attention to detail on your your health uh, just clicks into a different uh, gear um, because you're now you know not just living for yourself you're, you're living to to be there to share as many memories and be as present as you possibly can be with um, this little angel and so uh, yeah I think just you know pushing to live the healthiest and happiest life and diabetes management as a part of that is it's, it's super important. I have a co-host for my podcast, Pancreas Pals, who's type one and is a licensed mental health counselor. And we always talk about kind of like the mental health aspect of raising a child when you have a chronic illness with type one. And um, yeah. she, you know, we were talking about how it can be difficult in those moments when you just want to pick up your kid, but you're having a really bad low blood sugar and you need to like take a minute for yourself. Um, and I was just curious if that's something that you've ever experienced. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's it's a such a specific um, thing, but it, it is it's so niche. real. Uh, it's niche. And 
What's that? It's very niche for sure. Yes, but it, it's um, it's so real and it sort of normalizes it for me hearing it framed that way, which is so nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there were days um, early in our daughter being home where a low would hit me right as, you know, she needed um, a bottle or, or to needed my attention for something. And, and it was, you know, very, uh, a very new thing to, to kind of experience and, and thinking through one day to explain to her why daddy has to take a second or whatever the thing is, um, was, was really not something I'd thought about. And I, at that point, I've been living with this disease for, you know, over half my life. Um, but these new experiences will continue to pop up. And, um, I think creating and normalizing conversation around them is, is wonderful. So, uh, I appreciate your co-host and, and you for, <laughs> for doing that with your podcast and everything else. Thank you so much. It's been a really fun passion project for me, but my, my day job That's... is this editor as uh, at a health magazine at Hearst. So all of my, all of my passions kind of collide here. Um, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. This has been honestly a career highlight for me and a life highlight. Uh, obviously seeing someone kill it as a type one diabetic does so much, especially when you really don't know that many people. Um, so before I started my podcast, I knew like no one with type one. So it's been an actual honor. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate you saying that and, and, um, best of luck with all you're doing with the podcast and everything else. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. We're here. It's Emily. And Miriam. Um, what a wild, my... wild time. Also, welcome, Miriam. Hello. Yes, I know it's been a while. It's really exciting to be back here. And I'm just like... I feel like this is a celebrity interview. Oh, please. Anyways, I just wanted to do like a little synopsis of like what occurred because... I feel like there's some explanation here needed because, you know, little pancreas pals, how the F did yes. did this happen. But also, I'm clearly talking like, you know, not like I'm talking on the podcast. Like, I didn't explain some of the language that I usually mm-hmm. explain um, and that kind of stuff. But basically, just... I had this incredible opportunity through work, through my job at Prevention, and my incredible boss and um, editor-in-chiefs. So my boss, Allie, shout out to Allie, and the editor-in-chief, Sarah, they so graciously allowed me to kind of pull double duty with this, where that I'm writing a story for the magazine. Um, Well, not the print magazine, the digital magazine for my day job, but they also let me repurpose the recording with the blessing of Nick's team for the podcast. So... um, you know, obviously it's not like Pancreas Palace just got this incredible thing on its own, but um, this was a situation where I think I peaked. Oh my God, yes. I don't think so. When Emily, when Emily texted that she is talking to Nick Jonas, but on its own, we were like, oh my God. But the fact that we get to like have him be a part of Pancreas Palace, just even for just a you know a, a quick little interview, was very cool and I'm so proud of you and it's just like I'm felling like I don't know the uh, any other word for that and you can put a little Yiddish disclaimer for me but it's just like 
I'm so proud of you and I'm so proud of this podcast. And I want to say little podcast, but it doesn't feel so little anymore. And it's just so It's definitely special. still special. So <laughs> to any anyone yes, as we're recording camp, on yeah, yeah, listening to this right now, just thank you for letting us repurpose this for this. Yeah. Um, it's just like well, our community is so niche. And to have someone who is so famous and such a part of like the pop culture, um, be a part of this. And like the fact that he has type 1 diabetes at all is already so cool. You know, all diabetics are like, oh my God, Nick Jonas, he's one of us. And so the fact that he's part of like the diabetic community, but now our little pancreas pals community is just like so special. And I'm so proud of you. And, and- oh, stop. You're making me blush. I really feel like <laughs> I. Really, I don't feel like I did too much here. I mean, obviously, I think I chatted a little. That was definitely just full disclosure. So I am the deputy editor at Prevention Magazine, and um, I interview all kinds of people, doctors, um, influencers, uh, you know, celebs, which is an incredible kind of path that I've gotten to, to go down, especially in my current job. And I really mainly focus on, you know, talking to women. Um, It's a women's focused magazine. If you look at our listen, listenship, if you will, for the podcast, it's not that far off, honestly. Um, We definitely skew a little bit younger on the podcast than we do in the magazine. But um, I've gotten to interview some some really cool (laughs) people. So I've had some amazing highlights in my career. But I have to say, uh, this really is... I think I peaked like I literally told my boss and my boss's boss I was like I don't think that there's anything that I I first of all I don't think I've ever been nervous for an interview like I was nervous for this one just because um it's something I built up so much like in my head it was a career milestone I always wanted to reach again this is so weird because I know Nick's Mm -hmm. gonna listen or his his people are at least are gonna listen to this so like and we're not on a first name basis Mm -hmm. in case anyone listening to this is like oh she calls him literally now Um, (laughs) uh took like a 15 minute phone call like and it just changed my life it just felt like it was the culmination of a lot of hard work but also the culmination of 10 years almost and coming up on 10 years with type one yeah. um, coming up on I want to say seven years with this podcast like it's insane it's to think crazy. that yeah you, you know we get all these incredible opportunities to talk to pals around the world and um talking to Nick it really did feel like I was just talking to another pancreas pal after mm-hmm. I put my foot in my mouth and clearly was so nervous early on in that interview just so you guys know I did not cut like anything from that interview pretty much I think I cut like one thing that was like a work-related thing that I didn't want to post and then um like the ending where I'm just like profusely thanking him for taking the time but I had a moment early on where I was like trying to like stay focused and stay on track and not talk too much because I did it was a weird situation where I knew I was I had permission to post this for the podcast so usually I'm overly chatty on the podcast right but a good a good journalist um at least in terms of digital media not on camera type of journalist knows that power is really in the silence and that you can get a lot from an interviewee by speaking less and having them fill the silence and so I was you know torn because like I'm doing it for my day job but I'm also getting to repurpose it for my podcast so I tried to kind of walk that line a bit 
But um, I totally put my foot in my mouth. I was asking him a question, and mm-hmm. I accidentally referred to Kevin as Nick, and he was like, I'm Nick. And I was like, dude, I know. I panicked. I'm so sorry. He was very nice about it and moved on. Uh, I was dying. It was so smooth. But I totally know what you mean. It's just like – I and I could tell because I knew – I know you that I was like, oh, my gosh, just nervous energy. But I have to say, you were way – more calm, cool, and collected than I would have been. Honestly, I would have just been silent. I'm, like, so awkward in front of anyone remotely <laughs> famous. So I'm – you did great. You crushed it. And I will say here – so now I'm going to give you a little, like, pep talk or not – just some some applause of what I liked that you did, that it was so fun. So Nick has obviously been interviewed before about diabetes like that's just a known thing and it's come up in some interviews and stuff with him but what I love that was so unique is like asking about the things that only other diabetics would know to ask and would be interested in and so I love that you were asking like what's your go-to low snack and what do you do on stage because that was like that's the interesting stuff that I did want to know you know and I did I it's fun to think about what would it be like to be in his position and to still have all these symptoms that we deal with but on such like a grander scale and so I love that you asked him that it was really interesting to hear and it made sense that like his whole tour team is like all prepped for all you know diabetic issues they also Um, have such like I love that oh thank you yeah I mean I really thought of this as like any other Pinker's Pals episode, but also, yeah. you know, any other celeb interview I do for work, um, which is kind of like the stuff that I know I would want to know. I think that yeah. I, I also write, like, I, I'm at my best when I am doing something that I'm excited about and mm-hmm. um, that I know I would find interesting, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, like, for me, for the story piece of this it's important that I'm getting that kind of insight from him for our Mm -hmm. readers, right? Because, like, I need to know that um, whatever answers he's going to give me are going to be, you know, digestible and quick and interesting. Um, My my favorite part was when we were talking about Instagram official with our Dexcoms, how that's like, I was, like, hysterical thinking to myself, like, what, you and Priyanka Chopra are going (laughs) Instagram official? (laughs) It's like... Like the goddess that she is. Like it was just Yes. It was hilarious. He was so he's so relatable. And maybe that is the diabetes piece, is that like someone who like in other in any other way is so not relatable. Like And I literally said that to him. Can we take a minute for that? Like he's talking about his (laughs) diagnosis story and I was like yeah, no, that was so relatable, except for, you know, going on stage. Being on stage, yeah. And then I tried to, like, relate it to my experience, because that's literally what I do all the time. Like, I just clearly need to make everything about me. But I'm laughing because my experience was just going to New York two days later on my own and doing an internship somewhere. And, like, meanwhile, he's playing, like, huge shows, and, like, they're going to drop their first album. And, like, he wrote a song about it a little bit longer. And I'm over here like, I did an unpaid internship. <laughs> No, but I think even he acknowledged. So then, you know, obviously, also I'm like dying because you didn't mention that that you were asking him this. But at the end of the interview, when you had mentioned, oh, you know, my co-host is a mental health counselor, and like one, just the fact that he knows I exist is like very cool to me now. But he even mentioned that it was very normalizing for him to kind of hear other diabetics. Our, you know, our experiences, he made a comment, oh, it, that's very normalizing for me to, to hear that and to 
someone else to have this super niche experience of like being a parent with type 1 diabetes and having to care for a child and what that entails. And so I think there is something, you know, to make this kind of back to the diabetes piece of this podcast is that there's something so special about having the shared experiences with people that even though you and I and Nick Jonas and all of our listeners, like, we might be comp- such different people and have such different lives, but we have this super unifying experience. It's a trauma um, bond. We've all trauma bonded yeah. without living the lived experience at the same exact time as each other. Like, Yeah, and it's just really, that's cool. Like, that's the cool, interesting part of living with this chronic illness is that we have the shared experience with total strangers and that makes us feel intimately close with them in some sense even though we have drastically different lives so a thousand percent. i thought that was a very cool mo- moment Thank and the you. fact that nick jonas said i like helped normalize his feelings like i can i'm done i also i'm retired now uh, thank you so obviously i did that interview by myself <laughs> not with christy or miriam and i just like you know it killed me to do that alone without without you guys so i was kind of just thinking to myself when i was preparing these questions like how can I bring them in any kind of way into the conversation? And I totally blacked out and didn't mention Christy by name, but you guys both talked about the lived experience. So I was kind of like, okay, well, hopefully he knows that like, you know, both of you. Um, but yes, I, <laughs> very cool. I just, I think it's so important. And it was like cool to hear it repeated back to me in a kind of way that solidified or validated is probably a better better term for me that like we really are all going through this similar unique experience and even if you're you know on tour which he's literally Mm -hmm. on tour right now and took time out of his schedule um thanks to Dexcom I'm you know their PR people reached out to me so uh and this post is not sponsored it was just like hell yeah this opportunity is incredible and yeah. also we talk about Dexcom nonstop on here because it's just a part <laughs> of our daily care I was like yeah let's do it up um but he's doing a great uh partnership with them that has to do with like you know seeing people yeah. um they've got some really cool stuff dropping on National Diabetes Awareness Day or World Diabetes Day I think is the proper term um yes. that is embargoed so it's like not something that you know, this episode can't go live until that goes live. So you, everyone, yeah. you'll be hearing this. This all did happen very quickly, though. To um, <laughs> I also shout out to Nora on the Allison PR team. I need to double check that it's Allison PR um, because she literally, like, I got offered this interview while I was out of office, so I didn't see it and I missed it because I was out of office for two weeks. And I literally wrote back to her, like, I think I wrote back this is the ultimate tragedy. I will never recover from this. I'm so sad I missed it. And she she was like, wait, Emily, like I saw you're out of office and I knew that this was going to be so sad. Like, let me see what I can do. And then like within a couple of weeks, she, she got it connected. She did it. She did it up for us. Um, but yeah, she's at Allison Worldwide, not Allison. Um, I don't know what I said, but yeah. So shout out to her and their whole team for for setting this up and to Nick and Nick's people for taking the time um, and to you and Christy for willing to hop on last minute and like record this this post cap, uh, post mortem if you will. But I 
I know it was like a short interview. It was, you know, I'll take whatever I can get. And it was incredible that he gave us even that amount of time. Um, because again, he was literally on tour while he was doing this. Oh my God. Yes. This is incredible. Where this like little baby podcast and he's a mega superstar and this, well, he like, did it for prevention, but yeah. I know, yes. I know, I know. But still, the fact – we well, let's take it. Let's take the win. This is just, like, so cool. And I'm just so proud of our little pancreas pals. And I really – I thought – I, I, oh, I like – was, I was going to say, it's just, like, cool hearing from him. And, you know, I – when he was talking, you had asked him about the change in technology and how interesting that – like, from, from when he was diagnosed till now. And obviously, I can relate to that, too, having been a very, like, you know – an old school uh, diagnosed in the back in the back in the nineties, so it was cool having a shared experience and hearing him talk about it. Um, in a way, I've never really got to hear him talk talk about it, so that was very cool. It was really cool to to think about. Like he's had type one for eighteen years, right? Mm-hmm. So, and you've had it for how long now? Oh my god, uh, twenty eight. You got Am ten coming- years on him. Is that crazy? In, in March, it'll be 28 years, so 27 and a half. <laughs> but who's counting? Uh, who's counting? <laughs> but it's just crazy to think how much both of you have really seen the technology change, yeah. especially, like, for me, it'll, I'm coming up on 10 years, so it's it's still a big change, but it's not. I feel like Dexcom wasn't around 28 years ago, obviously, so, yeah. Um, you know, you were still doing, like, P-tests for blood sugars back then, weren't you? Me, no, no, no. Oh, no. I'm not, I'm not that old. But, Shit, but, sorry. The, <laughs> <laughs> okay. But our, like, finger picker, the, the meters, the blood sugar meter um, was, I remember so Mr. much. First of all, it was like, a, it, <laughs> I was like checking checking my blood sugar in like the seventies. No, so um, <laughs> no, we had meters, we had blood meters, but I do remember the um, pricking your finger. It was like such a big drop of blood, like five times as much blood that you'd have to do now, and it took forty five seconds. It would count down from forty five. That's so um, Before I show you the number, but that was just like, and that was considered. I mean, that was, like, the best technology at the time. Like, the fact that you didn't have to pee on a stick, that you could just check your finger and know what your blood sugar was. Um, so it's it's so crazy. If I really sit and think about it, it's so crazy what technology can do and how it's helped us right now. Um, I have a question for you that's awesome. that, I, yeah. that I asked Nick. But so who do you share with? Do you just share, share with Steven now? I share with no one. I'm like a you not don't a good share example. with with anyone. So I no. I guess it's fine. I mean, I mean, everyone lived their truth. I really don't. I think technically, when I first got the Dexcom, I think I shared with my dad and he's a doctor, by the way, Stephen, and I think they both <laughs> turned up. Like the whole point, obviously, is so that you can like alert, get notifications yeah. if I'm low. Like that's really the the big thing. My dad, I think, never like figured out like the notifications we couldn't get him to work and it was like whatever it's fine um steven i think he prefers to like open the share app and see what i am but the notifications were i didn't i mean and it's fair like i didn't want to bother him at work and honestly and maybe this is irresponsible of me too but i felt very confident that i wasn't going to go into like an extreme situation where i god i need like, to feel more wasn't confident responsive. about that i literally live that, I, but that maybe that's very 
that's probably like a little maybe a little delusional of me too to like be so no, overly confident I, but you've had it for 28 years I think that plays yeah. uh, sorry 27 and a half I think that plays a large role in it too like knowing your body and knowing like Nick, yeah. Nick was saying yeah. that he, he knew when he was hitting 71 or 72 and I'm like Jesus yeah. that is so specific but also like <laughs> at the same time I kind of get it like you can kind of yeah. feel between that like for me it's like difference between 80 and like 68 like that I have oh, like a yeah, much huge. larger yeah. I think also sometimes I, I don't notice like for my really bad lows they kind of drop mm-hmm. really quickly my that's oh my they big, come out of nowhere they come yeah. out of nowhere and I don't feel it and then all of a sudden yeah I'll be like I have this he rule. stands up and you're like <gasps> yeah it's yeah. like oh my god what the f but also I have this like rule that I should probably talk to my therapist about but every time I think about my diabetes and like a non- diabetes setting like I wouldn't normally uh-huh. be thinking about it I'm like okay I think I should do a finger prick because usually there's a reason it's yeah, popping up exactly. in your brain yeah and um Interesting. usually that's actually done me pretty well it's usually like yeah I'm dropping really fast or mm-hmm. I'm really high in Dexcom is like you know catching up or something like that yeah um I'm not saying that that's a healthy mindset um I definitely have some OCD so <laughs> who knows what's behind that uh, I'm remi- reminding myself that Miriam is a licensed mental health counselor, and I, this is just not the type of stuff that I tell Christy. But it's fine; I'm fine. Um, I do think that, anyways. I, you know, I could go on forever, but I just feel really hashtag blessed that you know this is something that happened, and uh, this being this interview with Nick, and just so excited that so we get cool. to share it yeah. with you guys. I think. That it's one thing to read a story, but it's another to get to listen to like a conversation. And I think it was really cool because it was definitely it felt like a conversation to me. Um, you could definitely tell I was nervous at the beginning. I was listening to myself when I um, edited it because I needed to lift Nick's sound because I messed something up on my end. Classic. And. I when he asked he's like oh can I ask you your diagnosis story I sound like such an asshole I'm like yeah I have a podcast like I'm <laughs> obviously I'll talk to you about it and I'm like sitting there like no you are crying you're being so you're being tough on yourself because it's it's cringy to listen to yourself talk like in general anyone I think yeah and when you um, edit a podcast and hate the sound of your voice at the same time and you're like, like forced, whole, yeah, yeah forced to listen it's a whole other thing um, but no, don't think twice about it. You anyone would be nervous. Any normal person would be nervous in that in that scenario and I think you did great and again, I have it's to just say cool. thank you so much. I have to say not to like name drop or you know any of this mm-hmm. stuff, but I get to interview some really cool people with my job and mm-hmm. I, you know, Jen Garner is like one of the kindest humans and like Jen 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 literally is like I feel like I can call her Jen like I've interviewed her like four times and she is a saint and an angel and like remembers me or at least plays it like That's she so does cute. and um you know like Melissa Gilbert is another saint mm-hmm. angel Bobby Brown like I like really cool people and I feel like I'm always like depending on where I'm at in my career you know nervous to talk to someone mm-hmm. and like represent the magazine and represent myself in a, in a way that I can be proud of but this <laughs> this was like a different level because I just never thought that this you know it's the whole type one connection like it's like a yeah. different level of connection to a celebrity that's mm-hmm. like feels like you know them yeah, um for sure which was wild Anyways, thanks for hopping on and doing, like, this recap with me. I appreciate it, Miriam. 
And I hope that you liked the episode. I hope everyone listening liked the episode. Um, Of course. I'll do my spiel now. So you can find us on Instagram. Definitely follow us at pancreas underscore pals. On Facebook at pancreas pals pp. You can slide into our email pancreaspals123 at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys. I can't promise you more of Nick Jonas, but I can (laughs) promise you some some more of us. Yeah, more of us. Some great additional episodes coming your way um, with Miriam and with Christy. And just keep on doing what we're doing. We are in need of some episode ideas. But to all of you that keep suggesting that we interview Nick Jonas, that is check done. So that is going to be not one that we are accepting because now we must move on. We must move forward. Um, yeah, we must move forward. We can't keep looking back except for to this episode because I, I'm honestly just going to have this go to sleep to listening to this because this is like such peak, peak career moment for me. Um, peak dreams diabetic true. dream life. Yeah. Dream I know. Life. I honestly, we should create a hashtag like I can't. <laughs> I just I want to just like cut clips from this episode and just like post them continuously, <laughs> specifically the parts where we're just talking about like such, such niche things mm-hmm. like. Oh my God, pineapple juice. Hashtag pineapple juice. <laughs> like I, I know, I was intrigued by that. I'm like, I've never had pineapple juice for a low. It's I, it's so sweet that I, I mean, you know, I can only imagine the amount of steps he's taking during a concert, you yeah, know? Like, it's like perfect. I've been to many a, a Joe Bro concert because I'm very privileged, but I, like they put on a show, they are moving around. I have always wondered how he kept up with his yeah. blood sugar because I walk five blocks and I drop sometimes, like, ready to bottom out kind of dropping and I'm like how the f is he doing this but then I remember that men don't have the hormones that we do and maybe things are a little bit easier for them and I said what I said but still everyone's (laughs) journey is valid and everyone has their own baggage and things to to come with wow way to end on a salty note by me but are we really shocked no no we're not I know you missed me Miriam I did Um, I can't but anyways um Thanks, guys. And I can't wait to hear. Please, please let us know what you think of this episode. Unless it's about how awkward I was because you don't need to tell me. I will be thinking about that for the rest of my life. Um, (laughs) But anything else is welcome. (laughs) All right, guys. Have a great week because it's not getting better than this. (laughs) Just kidding. Well, everything will be great. Bye, guys. Bye.